Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode 347 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we're live from the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, do you ever have sick day guilt? We're going to talk about that. Also, kind of a serious story when it comes to suicide. Uh, and we're going to talk about a company that's actually making suicide pods. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this, better.com. You probably saw this story last week where the gentleman who is the CEO of a company of better.com said, hey, why don't you guys jump on a call with me? So he had lots of employees from better.com, an eighth, actually, of the folks that worked at better.com jump on a call with him. And he, he, he began to reveal that, hey, if you're on this call, uh, you have just been fired. As a result of that, uh, this has now gone viral because uh, many people were taking videos of this. They've sent this out, and uh, they've made this guy into a real bad guy. There's some things they said on the call that make me uncomfortable that I certainly don't agree with. And at the same time, I appreciated the fact that he was willing to jump on a call, let people know that he was firing them, and if you have any questions, here I am. What was your take on this CEO is getting a lot of, well, Get a lot of criticism right now for for firing everybody at one time, but yet he was doing it. He didn't send out a letter and hide. He did it on a video call. Well, it's it's tricky because of what you just said. There, there, we're in a situation right now where many companies have the majority of their workforce working remotely. So, what is better to have a Zoom call where you do this in mass or? Say, hey, everybody come to the office, even though we're in the midst of a pandemic, come to the office and let me tell you you're fired in person. Like, is that better? I think the thing that is is impacting people is doing it. There were 900 people on the call. So doing it, not, instead of doing it 900 individual times, he did it one time for 900 people. And that's the thing that is offensive to them. And I understand that because... From the individual's point of view, you are, you, you know, you feel like you're the hero of your own story and that you're working hard for this company and you're giving them your time and effort uh, in order to make the, the, the company better. And so you feel like you deserve better than that. And, and you, in a sense, you do deserve better than that. This guy, uh, the CEO, from his perspective, he's like, hey, this is a weird economy right now. I need to make a move. Uh, to save the entire company. And so we need to let go of 900 people. And this is a very efficient way to do it. And to your point, I want to be the one to do it. Uh, I'm not going to meet with 900 individual people. That would take way too much time. So I'm going to do a Zoom call. Everybody can see me. I'm going to theoretically look them in the eye and, and say, I'm the one making this decision. I am the one letting you go. And we're giving you a severance package. HR is going to be in contact with you. So I really see both sides of this. You and I, unfortunately, have have been let go of multiple times in our life. And I always appreciated the times, looking back on it, where someone where there was a reason and they they told you straight up, 
Hey, Ronadon, we're letting you go. Here's the reason why. And this is why we're doing it versus, hey, hand me your car key and here's a box and get out uh, with no real viable reason. And there were times, honestly, in, in our radio career where it was like, I can see that. Like, it sucks for us that we're on the other side of it, but I understand the reasoning from the company side. What, what was your response to it? Um, I, I, if you don't want to be fired, start your own business. Uh, he did what he had to do for his business. Some of the things he said on the call, uh, I don't think he was totally emotionally aware. But to do that, he could have told somebody else in the company to do that, to get on a call and and to fire those folks. There are companies that come in and do mass firings. Yeah. So <laughs> so and he, he did that, and I appreciated that. Uh, we, we've had situations before where someone called the agent. It's usually over the holidays. And like this Christmas, a lot of our friends in radio, this is when they get fired. And there will be someone that calls an agent and says, hey, tell those guys or that gal, whoever it is, uh, not to come in on January 5th because we're making a change and we kind of moved on. So the fact that that he was willing to do this on a live Zoom call, that he was the one doing it, and now there's been this incredible backlash, I, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. And, and, and the bottom line is when you sign on to work for a company – if the company is not working and they have to make changes, sometimes they have to make changes to the bottom line. It's going to affect you. And it's not personal. It's a business decision. And if you're running a business, you'd probably do the same thing. So, Can I ask you to speak to this? Because I'm, I'm, I'm actually just curious to your take on it. I have several friends um, that are not happy with their work. And they tell you blow by blow complaints about this happened, that happened, the other thing happened. And they are also so averse to the risk of being an entrepreneur or the risk of changing or the risk of like, well, I've already put in so much time here and how's it going to be better over there? Um, or the risk of like, I don't know what my resume would look like. What jobs am I qualified for? I guess I'll stay in this situation where I'm very unhappy. Um, not everybody has the skill set or the desire to take that jump. What do you, what would you say to those people? Cause I, I honestly, at a certain point just sort of go, you, you know what to do. You know, you know that you need a new job, but I'm not going to make you go get a new job. Hey, there's lots of jobs available right now. There's so many jobs available. Uh, so if you're ever going to make a move, I would say now would be a perfect time to make a move because uh, people are not flocking back to the old jobs that they used to have. And also you have a lot of employers out there that have gotten a lot more comfortable with people working from home. It used to be if you were working from home, then somehow you were a slacker and you didn't care about the company. And I think people see that differently now. So, and, and, and also if, if you want to take all the risks, then you get all the reward. And if you don't want to take the risk, then somebody else is going to get the reward. And sometimes in order for them to get the reward means they're going to have to fire you. See on the side of this, you can just tell that they uh, that they're just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we you know we got we got some some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. 
Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with, with Ron and Don. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a, with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, uh, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and, and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community and knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is is comforting. <laughs> <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now and we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit, but it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and Um, And now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. (laughs) Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. People ask me, how do you put up with these two? My answer... Good snacks and video games. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 347. Don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. If you need us, now's a great time to sit down. Go to ronanddonsitdown.com. Uh, if you have a family member, a friend, a neighbor who might need our help, our services, just go to ronanddonsitdown.com and uh, we can sit down today. Buying, investing, maybe you're selling. Yeah, ronanddonsitdown.com. Something kind of happens, and I don't know if you're above the age of 50 uh, and you're listening to this, but I think when I got on the other side of 50, you really start thinking about legacy. You do start thinking about death. I think every day that I think about death. Um, And it's not always pleasant to process and work through that. But you begin to think about when you die, the things that you're going to miss and the way that people will remember you. And I often think about, and I think it just has being a parent, I think about my son uh, I always pray every day in the morning that I live long enough to, just to give him a good push into the world. And as long as I have time to give him a good push in the world, uh, I would be so thankful for that. I have friends right now that have terminal cancer uh, that think about death uh, every day in a, in a very different way than I do. But we're all on that slow stroll home. Uh, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. A number of years ago, I watched my little sister die, and it took four years for her to die. Uh, she died of ALS. Ron was one of her best friends and she died a very painful death. And it was interesting to me because she was very involved in the church. And I always thought if there was anybody in our family that didn't deserve to die a horrible, miserable death, it was my little sister. Uh, cause she was a saint and she was the kind of girl that would go to the liquor store and she would actually go and ask her pastor if it was okay to go to the liquor store to buy brandy because she made these cookies that my cookie grandma made each and every year called Crescent Cookies. In order to make those cookies, she needed a little bit of brandy for the recipe. So she wanted to make sure that it would be okay because she was a leader in the church, uh, and that was important to her. And that's what I loved about Colleen and her heart. I, I often thought that if I was diagnosed 
with the same uh, ALS that my little sister has or had, that there would be, well, there, there would be, I, 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 would ha- I would have a hard time knowing what's coming, just sitting in a wheelchair for the next four years, your body shuts down, and, but your mind is, is, is sharper than ever. And then at, at some point, I won't go into the details of how you die, but it's a horrible death. It's absolutely horrible. It's frightening. And I don't think that I could be as courageous as her. That's why I thought it was very interesting. I was uh, reading this story about something that it's called a suicide pod. And uh, Ron, I know that you've dealt with this in your own family. And basically what it does is it gives someone the opportunity uh, to take their life before maybe a horrible disease does that for them. Uh, Want to get your thoughts today on suicide pods, because I know this may not be um, embraced by a lot of folks, but if I found out I had ALS today, uh, it would certainly be something that I'd think about. Yeah, this was an interesting story, and to, and to set up the thing that Don's talking about, this is in Europe, I believe, uh, in Switzerland, uh, a, a country that allows assisted suicide, uh, and of course, Washington State has a euthanasia law, and I think Oregon and California both have that law. It's not in all fifty states, but uh, and that's a thing where I have been a part of of a euthanasia ceremony in California, and you have to get it. Um, a doctor needs to be there and you have to get a terminal diagnosis from, from two different doctors and dying within, you know, you have to be terminal within a short time frame. Like there's a, there's quite a few hoops to jump through, uh, in California and probably similar in Washington state. I have not been a part uh, of a ceremony in Washington state, but probably similar things are in place there. So what this inventor did in Europe is he said, I would like um, to invent a product that makes this a little easier. And the product that he invented is a 3D printed pod, as, as Don noted. And the, the patient or the person that is terminal would get inside this pod and there's a button. There's a couple of buttons on the inside. One, of, one button is, uh, will open the pod back up and, and, and stop the procedure stop the the sequence of events the other button if you hit it it will basically flood the chamber that you're you're laying in uh inside the pod it will flood it with a gas that will cause the person to die within about 10 minutes so that's the the thing that he's invented he believes and his lawyers believe that this is not a medical device and so therefore they can just put it out into the marketplace and people can buy these, or he wants to upload the plans. Uh, so if you had a 3D printer, you could 3D print your own pod, uh, buy a couple pieces of gear, put them in there, and, and you would be able to, to have this pod. And so I, I think, th- I mean, it's so complicated. But for me, having been a part of one of these procedures, I guess the thing that I would say is it was very difficult to watch the procedural part of this go down. And the doctor that was there, uh, and this was my, my birth mother, Catherine, that decided to have this ceremony. 
uh, down in California and I was there standing, you know, with my hand on her shoulder when this was happening. You, you have to go through these procedural moments that it was, to be honest, was just very odd. It's odd in the sense you're, you're sitting there and this doctor is required to get these disclosures and signatures and permissions and, and all that sort of stuff. So I can, I can see this person, this inventor's desire to say, Hey man, when you're in a situation like Don described and the end is in uh, several days or several weeks or several months, whatever the person's uh, sensibility is, go in the pod, hit the button, you're done. Like I understand that. So it, it was excruciating to try and stay present in the moment with your loved one and to have the doctor going, okay, I need your express permission to, to do this part of the thing. You're like, ah, it was, you know what I mean by that? It was like, it was, it, I'm not going to say it. It just seemed weird that that's the way it's set up to me. And, and I get it that from the medical professional's point of view, they want to, they need that. They say, I'm about to inject you. You have a third party doing it. I'm about to inject you with this, this drug that's going to cause you to die. So if the person themselves could get in the pod and hit the button and show agency, I, I actually don't have a problem with that. I, I don't because there are people like you. If I got to the point where I lost mobility uh, and I knew like with, with my birth mother's situation, she was going to die in, in a couple weeks is what the doctors had said, probably like 10 to 14 days. And so while she could still communicate and while she could still have her loved ones around her, she just wanted to do it two weeks earlier. Uh, but the procedures, it, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Parkinson's in my family. I have uh, this, this horrible disease happened to my sister. My dad died. We have Parkinson's and dementia and other things. Uh, I have an aunt right now who is in long-term hospice care. And she is just, she is not at home at all, just mentally. And on the day that her husband died in the same room where she is, she, she couldn't even comprehend that that was happening because because she's turned back into a little girl again so i don't want to be that i i don't i don't want to be i don't i don't want to go out like that so uh so this would be something that i'd consider i'll see you on the side of this hey you guys we want to thank everybody in the ron and nation that has been switching to mitch and mitch dot loans mitch i gotta ask you here comes 2022 a lot of people are thinking money's gonna be way too expensive i'm not even gonna be able to afford a home what are you hearing about money finances stock market interest rates as we start looking at 2022 what does it look like that's a great question and everyone's saying rates will rise but when we we have to keep in mind that rates rising is totally a perspective thing, right? Because rates have been, yes, two and a half, three percent recently. But when we were young <laughs> or when our parents bought houses, rates were 12, 15 percent. So still compared to that, rates are good and we see rates going up, but rates will stay manageable and money's still cheap, guys. All right, he's Mitch Weeks. He's the official mortgage guy of the Ron and Don Nation. Go to Mitch.loans right now. Tell him you're with Ron and Don and you save half percent on your new loan. Mitch.loans, NMLS 169-1573. 
All right, you guys, welcome back to episode uh, 347. We're live from the Les Schwab Studios and uh, Sick Day Guilt. This is something I had a lot of when I used to work in Truster Radio and then, in fact, at my last job when it was time, when, when we were let go, I had almost a year in sick day pay that I hadn't been paid. And you know what I found out? You don't get paid. You just lose it. <laughs> they just took it. And it's kind of amazing because, and I imagine like for a lot of us, when you're in a job and you feel a lot of pressure, people want you around. And for some reason, when you you have a radio or a television job, they want you around consistently and all the time because if the station isn't making ratings, then they're not collecting revenue. Or even in some of the live reads that we would do, if you're not there to do that live read, live read a commercial, for instance, like for Les Schwab, let's say, if you're not there to do that, then the station can't charge for that. And they end up losing a lot of money. So I uh, sick day guilt. There's a story out today about sick day, sick day guilt. I don't know if a lot of people have sick day guilt because it seems like a lot of people don't have any guilt about not working because tens of millions of Americans right now have not gone back to work. Uh, what say you about sick day guilt? Because, uh, Ron, I wish as I kind of look back that I would have used uh, a lot of those days. Some of those days I never used, but you and I both know being in the entertainment field, uh, there's a lot of guilt that that is. I don't know if it's self-imposed or if it's thrown on you, uh, but I always felt a lot of pressure not to take any time off. Man, this article triggered me to a flashback. It's like I, I have vivid memories of my, my parking space. At the radio station was right by right by the the back entrance to the building. There was a door in my parking space. It was pretty close to that. It gave me flashbacks of me being in my car, uh, sick, and I would lean the seat all the way back, and I, I had it timed out. And at the time, I thought it was pretty clever. I had found uh, that Alka Seltzer cold. It was the the orange plop plop fizz fizz uh, cold severe cold tablets. If I, when I was feeling bad and I should have been at home, when I was feeling bad, I would go read all the stuff. We'd have our meeting at the station, read everything. And then I would sleep. I would try to sleep for like a half an hour or something in in my car and go in. And if I timed it to where I took this Alka-Seltzer severe cold, like 20 minutes before the show started, that it would kick in and I could basically turn it on for the time when we were doing the show i would do my best to just like uh go get through the segment and then i would completely you probably remember this i just completely like sit there like a like a statue during the commercial break and then when the red light would go on again flip the switch back on mentally and just do that segment by segment about halfway through the show or maybe a little past halfway i would have to take the second dose of the Alka-Seltzer cold, which is before the recommended uh, thing on the box. I would take the second dose and be able to power through the second half of the show. I I did that more times than I can count, but the same with you where it's like you just felt pressure that you had to be there. And um, it was not good. Like, I I don't know why we felt that. I mean, I I guess I do know why, because we ended up getting fired. So... <laughs> it's uh cuz why? Because they they made you believe if you don't do these things you're going to lose your job. Which it would happen before. We'd gone on vacation and then you'd come back and you'd find out during vacation that you don't have a job anymore. So 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 yeah, I think some of that pressure came from within, but I I think some of that pressure that we felt was probably uh 
probably very real. And what's amazing is the people that fired us, all those people now have been fired. So, And what they said in the article, which I think is good for everyone, is normalizing the concept of when you are sick doesn't mean that you stay home and you're on the couch and you're still answering emails. It means that your body, in the same way physically you need recovery days, there are days you just need a recovery day. Uh, and you, you, you don't just do half a day's work. You take, take the whole day and you recover from the illness, even if it's mental, even if you're not like, don't have a cold or a flu. If you had a, a traumatic event, maybe you had a friend or a loved one, uh, like we talked about in the last segment that passed away, you, your body and your psyche needs time to just recover and to do anything, do what it needs to do. And as a society, we need to normalize that behavior and say, yeah, I get it. Take the day, take two days. In the same way, if you broke your arm, uh, if you, even if you got a bad breakup with a, with a, a dating person or your marriage, like you need time to just recover. Yeah. Yep. I've had all those things. <laughs> Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to episode 347. We appreciate it. Also, thanks for uh, listening to us on your favorite podcast uh, machine. All you have to do is hit subscribe, and we show up every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And also want to thank everyone for signing up for the newsletter. You have a story that's out this week in the newsletter. You're getting a, a lot of people reacting to it, I guess. Yeah, so. we actually talked about it on a, a couple episodes ago about you calling me out saying, uh, Hey, man, you seem miserable. I've had, believe it or not, quite a few people, more than I expected, uh, reach out in that and say, hey, man, I'm in the, in the same boat. Uh, this has been a very weird year. So uh, if this has been a weird year for you, like a little nudge, read that thing. Uh, it's on my Facebook. It's on uh, our newsletter and maybe nudge you towards doing something uh, good for yourself. Yeah, and if you want to read it, go to rondonsitdown.com. You don't have to buy or sell a house with us. You can just request to get signed up for the newsletter. And you can do that, too. If you need us, just reach out. Run it on sitdown.com. You need a loan. Mitch dot loans. And also, if you need some new tires as we head into the holidays or need some chains or you just want to drop off a gift, stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. Uh, they are putting on new tires, selling chains. to so show you how to use those. And also making sure that uh, every kid has a toy uh, under the tree or under the menorah this holiday season. All right, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time for episode 348 only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.